Welcome to the Socket Podcast. Socket helps you plug into you and unplug from things that no longer serve you. Find your voice and self-esteem while learning to say no and set boundaries when needed. Your host, Kathy Suber, is an entrepreneur and mom of two with a life lens of happiness. If living a life of authenticity, kindness, and confidence is something you are looking for, get ready to plug in. We are glad that you are here. about intelligence, many times they think of how high of an SAT score did their child get? How do they do in school? Do they get all A's and B's? Are they in honors classes? Are they in AP classes? What What is their intelligence overall? And most of the time, people think about how smart are they? Today, I want to talk about emotional intelligence, which I would argue is sometimes more important than regular intelligence. You can get 1600 on your SATs and get straight A's for your entire school career. But if you don't have emotional intelligence, if you don't understand your own emotions, you don't understand the emotions of others, it's really hard to be in relationship with one another. I looked up emotional intelligence and here is the definition. The capacity to be aware of control and express one's emotions and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. So a bunch of big words for, you know how to be a great person in a friendship, in a relationship, even in the relationship with yourself. So I wanna talk about a couple of examples in my life or my kids' lives where I feel as if we were able to manage um, a situation and also show a lot of emotional intelligence. And it's something that I have tried to help my children to grow into and understand. The first time I remember thinking my younger son had a high level of emotional intelligence was when he was in grade school and he had this new group of friends and he had just gotten a phone and this group of friends just blew up his phone nonstop. I mean, calling over and over, texting over and over. One time we were at a barbecue and this one girl texted him like, Nick, are you getting my phone calls? Nick, you have to call me. And I was actually holding Nick's phone. And so I text her back and I said, hi, oh my goodness, this is Nick's mom. I'm seeing your messages. Sounds like there's an emergency. Is everything okay? Can I help you with something? Now I knew it was an emergency. And she's like, oh, no, I was just trying to get trying to get a hold of him. But she she had sent like eight text messages and I think called two or three times in a half hour period of time. And she just wanted to talk to him. And he was running around playing on swings because he was still pretty young and, and really liked to play. And so for a period of maybe a month or two months, he was in this group and his phone would just go off all the time. And then all of a sudden his phone was quiet for a while. And I remember saying to him at some point, hey, I haven't seen your phone blowing up at all. And he said, you know what, mom, there was just too much stress and drama with that friend group. So I just kind of backed out of it. I, I just, I don't, it, it was just too stressful. And he didn't think that was any big deal. He was just like, nah, this just wasn't the group for me. So I just kind of, I'm just kind of shifting into a different direction and finding different friends. And I thought, that's really wicked smart for you. How old are you? 10? And he already knew that he had the power to choose 
what type of people he wanted around him and what type of energy he was willing to take in. And he felt so much pressure to respond all the time. And that stressed him out. And he didn't want that because he's pretty chill and go with the flow. So he removed himself. Genius. We all have the power to do that. Where in your life is is there stress being created by other people where you have the opportunity to pull out of it or limit it or set new boundaries? I'm a big boundary setter. So that was, so that was one thing. Um, another thing I want to talk about is being aware of the timing of what of something that you're going to share with someone. Let's say you you know you have to have a difficult conversation with someone. Let's say it's your ex-spouse. And you know that they have really long days on a Wednesday. They have, they have a long, long day at work. Hitting them up with something emotional or stressful or something you want to talk about Wednesday night at 8 p.m. probably isn't your best bet. And so the ability to time your messages, especially if they're rough messages or ones that might cause, cause conflict, if you can select a time where you know it's not a high stress time for that other person, it's going to be easier to approach them and the conversation is probably going to be better. It's also that control of, all right, I have to say something, but I don't have to say it right now, right? Another example of that would be if you just got great news, let's say you just got a raise or you just you know, sold a new deal or brought on a new client or you know, your child just got into the school of their choice and you are getting together for dinner with one of your girlfriends or one of your friends. And the first thing they say is that they're going through something awful. Someone's sick they're having struggles in, they just lost their job. They, you know, they're going through a really difficult time. It is okay to take a pause on sharing your good news because maybe it's just not the right time. Maybe that's going to add to that other person's stress. And so I always think, is this, is this an appropriate time to share good news? And so being able to filter out those situations as to when to share and when to, when to maybe wait a little bit, I think shows uh, a high level of emotional intelligence. Another thing is knowing when you need to apologize. I'm a big firm believer that if you have hurt someone in any way, shape or form, or you don't feel good about your actions, that you go straight to that source as quickly as possible and you, and you apologize. You can't control what that person says back to you or how they respond back, but at least you know, my counselor Shelley said, you know, it's your side of the beach, right? There's their side of the beach and your side of the beach. And sometimes their side of the beach is all messed up, right? And so if you're having conflict, and you take a look at your side of the beach and say, I honestly didn't do anything wrong. Like this, I, I know myself well enough. I didn't intentionally hurt someone. I was honest about what my boundaries were. I was honest about this. Um, then that's more of a them problem, to be honest. But if you look at your side of the beach and you're like, ooh, I kind of yelled about that or I shouldn't have done that or I messed up there, then go directly to the person and apologize. When my kids were probably six or seven years ago, so they were 10, 11, 11, 12, I lost my marbles on them. I, 
they were in the dining room doing homework. And I, I had had a super long day at the practice, like a double shift, tons of patients, which I love, but it also takes a lot of energy out of me to do that. And then I came home and I was cooking dinner for them. And I think I asked them to, to empty the dishwasher. And the noises that came out of the dining room were like, ah, like I'd asked them to like do the most horrible thing on the face of the planet. Oh, oh, now I mean, we don't want. And I went off on them. I mean, diatribe. Do you know how hard I work? And I don't ask for much. And I've been working all day and coming home and trying to make you. And I <laughs> it just went on a rant. That being said, they needed to just help me with the dishes. So I, I wasn't, I didn't a, appreciate their reaction when I didn't ask them to do that much. It was just, hey, could you help me with the dishes right now? And, uh, and so, but I, I, I lost it. And I took a couple of deep breaths, realized that my reaction was not all about their reaction to the dishes and that I was bringing the stress of my day into that moment and I was allowing it to take me to a level where I'm now screaming at my kids, which I didn't do often, but I will admit there certainly were times. And so I went into the dining room and I said, guys, I need to apologize. I'm really sorry. While I didn't appreciate your reaction about the dishes, because we're, we're a partnership here. Like I need your help. I can't do all of this by myself. I, but, and then I explained to them, I said, but I had a really stressful day and I'm tired and I over my reaction was more than what you deserved. And so I want to apologize for it. And they accepted my apology and it's little things like that. It's little things of being aware of, Ooh, that was not my best moment. And I need to, I need to say something about it. Um, Another thing that one of my kids did, and I can't even remember if it was Nick or Chris, but if they were having a bad moment or they were having, they were upset about something, they, uh, they'd be like, I'm going to go up in my room. I need a little bit of time. So they honestly would kind of give themselves their own timeouts. They, they would know that their emotions were more than what they knew how to express at that moment. They just needed some time to calm down and chill out. And I can remember, again, I can remember one of them. I don't remember which one it was. My memory is not that good. Um, but anyway, and it'd be like, I'm going to go upstairs and just take a breather. And they, that was at a pretty young age. We were in this house. So it was, you know, again, they were 10 and 11, something like that. And I thought that was really wise for them to know that it's okay to remove yourself from a situation and take some deep breaths. Because I know I've had to do that. When things have gotten heated in a discussion, it's like, you know what? Let's put a pause on this. Let's both calm down and let's readdress this another time and give it some thought. And hitting that pause button sometimes for ourselves is all you need to do to get to a better space, to have a healthier form of that argument or that disagreement or whatever communication you're having. Another thing that is a part of that beach situation, right? When I talked about, is your side of the beach clean or is there something you need to clean up on your side of the beach or apologize for? The other part of that is projections. And if you don't understand projections, I think many people are missing this key understanding of human emotion. Most people have trauma in their life. They have stressors in their life. And if something that you've said 
that didn't seem like that big of a deal triggers something in them that has happened to them in their past, their reaction can be too much. Their reaction can be like daggers coming at you. And so when someone's coming at you with ne a negative text message, um, saying you're, you don't care, say, you know, saying awful things about you, that is when you're really looking at, is this something that I have created for myself, my side of the beach? Have I done this? Have I not shown up for them? Have I let them down? Have I said I was supposed to do something and I just didn't do it? Have I done something to hurt them emotionally? And if you haven't done any of that stuff, you kind of have to own that for yourself. And no matter what they're saying on the other side of that text, email, phone call, whatever, isn't always all about you. Sometimes it's 0% about you. I have been amazed looking at my friends and close people in my life and the text messages they have received. And I know who they are to their core. And the stuff is just, it's, it's not reality. And it's not, and it's coming from a different place. It's coming from that place of a projection of someone putting that emotion on you when that's not your emotion to own. And so the way I try to protect myself from that, I've had to go through a lot of this with running a large moms group. You know, a lot of people know me from the, the large moms group, um, the, the branch that I run, but some people don't know me. And as I have continue to grow the group and set new guidelines for our mom forum groups. Um, we're very firm in our boundaries, but they're well communicated and people know. I mean, we can find, you can find our guidelines and our rules right on our announcements, but people get mad if we won't allow them to post business posts or, a, you know, sometimes someone will take a picture of someone that cut them off with their license plate. And we don't allow posts like that. We don't allow posts of business ad, or, I'm sorry, business bashing posts where someone had a horrible experience at Kohl's or wh whatever. Sorry, Kohl's. It actually wasn't about Kohl's, but that was the first business that came to mind. Um, and so our group is not set up like a Yelp, right? We don't have the ability to allow that business to see that post and then respond. Um, and so there's a lot of these gray area guidelines that I've had to set and people get really upset when I don't allow, or we, we add six admins, when we don't allow some of these posts. And at the end of the day, that's not an us, us issue. The guidelines that we set have created a mom's group that is unbelievable. And these, these online mom forum groups are, we've been called better than Google because people come and ask questions there for actual live mom advice. And moms know everything. I mean, people ask a question and a half an hour later, there's 40 responses and it's an incredible support system and awesome. But that wouldn't happen and that trust wouldn't be there if every other post was a business ad or a, or a, you know, a, a bad, you know, review of a business or, you know, a battle they're having with their neighbor. So we keep those things off. So I'm getting a little off on a tangent, but I've had to take in a lot of daggers. The names that I have been called due to those guidelines that we have set, and technically they're my guidelines, even if, even if my admin are following my guidelines, I take the brunt of it. Um, and this doesn't happen most of the time, but the names have been called have been really rough over the years. So I've had to kind of build, I call it like my emotional shield, where I, when, they, when people are coming at me in my life, no matter where it's coming from, 
if it's not a me issue, because I'm pretty solid in my emotions, I'm pretty solid, I believe in my emotional intelligence. And I will say, I'm sorry, I step up. I, I immediately know if I've done something wrong and then I make it right in the best way I know how. And so if you're saying horrible things to me and I didn't do it, I can't take it in. I cannot let it go into my heart. I cannot let it go into my mind. I can't let it go into my spirit and change my whole mood. And so I kind of emotionally hold up this, this shield. I don't actually have a shield, but I can visualize it. I hold up that shield and those daggers come in and they just have to fall to the ground because it's not my stuff. It's their stuff. Um, and so not taking not taking things personally is a big part of emotional intelligence. And it is the one part of emotional intelligence that has taken me the very longest to figure out. And I'm still not perfect. If I'm, if I'm stressed or tired or, and something comes in, I can't tell you that it doesn't still affect me. Even if I know it's not a me issue, but it's hurtful, right? Cause we're humans and we do have emotions, but the stronger you can get in not allowing other people and their issues to affect you, the healthier you're going to be. And life just makes a lot more sense when you realize that people have some, like I said, really deep hurts and really deep struggles and abandonment issues and money issues. And sometimes the reactions that you're going to get with people in your life have to do about those super deep hurts that they've gone through. And if you can have empathy for that, it makes the world an easier place to live in. If you can, if you get cut off and someone gives you the finger, instead of just getting angry and having some road rage and tracking them down, I don't know. I just look and be like, dude, that, that guy must be having a bad day. Or if someone, you know, gives you some snide comment at the grocery store, you know, instead of being like, what a bitch, be like, man, they must be really struggling. And if you can lend that empathy to almost anyone in your life, even the ones that you don't like all that much, or you have to be in relationship with them in some ways, but it's not the best relationship. And just think, man, for you to be sending all me, all this stuff, you must really be struggling. So I'm going to close my eyes and give you some positive thoughts. I'm going to send positive thoughts. I'm going to lift you up in prayer or meditation and, and put some positive energy into your mindset for that person man, it, it takes a lot of, I don't even know what the right word is, skill, um, patience, uh, strength to get to the place where instead of getting pissed off and letting that person hurt you, that you instead have concern for that person and have some immediate forgiveness for them because they are not able to have the tools in their emotional toolbox to handle whatever they're going through. And so that negative emotion is coming out in the wrong form. And if you can understand that, things become less painful. Relationships are less painful. And if someone is unwilling to look at those things and they keep sending you these, these awful messages, you have to remove them from your life in whatever format you can. Some, you still have to be in relationship in some ways, but no answer and no giving no energy to some of those things sent your way will always be the best bet. Not engaging with something that doesn't make sense is the healthiest reaction. I've read somewhere, it was a meme, it said, no response is a response. 
because for some people, they're looking for that battle. They're looking for that energy. They're trying to engage with you, even if it's negative, because it somehow feeds them. And if you remove that energy, it's kind of like dealing with a toddler that's having, <laughs> that's having a hissy fit. The less energy you give them, the less you focus on them, the less they're going to do it. It takes a lot of it takes a lot of patience to do that, right? And you have to do it consistently. You can't you can't every once in a while give into it. It's, you have to get strong enough in yourself that I am not I am not giving this message energy. Um, but it really is one of the best tools in that toolbox that you can have, on top of that empathy and that understanding that negative stuff coming your way many times isn't about you. So I, I hope that this um, sparks some thoughts for you and maybe ways that you could help build your emotional intelligence or ways that you could share with your kids about emotional intelligence because interpersonal relationships are the foundation of building community and, and having a happy life. Building strong bonds with other humans and being in authentic relationship and kind, loving, caring, respectful relationship with them is at the core of so much happiness. I hope you have a great day and I'll be back soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Socket Podcast. Looking for more gratitude, confidence, and happiness in your life? Check out our website, www.simplysocket.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Simply Socket. And remember, be unapologetically you. It's a waste of energy to be anything else.